And welcome to the End Time Show for our End Time Bible Prophecy Podcast. This podcast will be dealing with do modern day prophets prophecies have to be 100% accurate? Um, we're going to dive into a bunch of other things, especially after this um, President Donald Trump uh, re-election for 2020 with all these people who are prophesying that Trump was going to serve a second term. And also, too, you had people prophesying when the pandemic initially started that it would be over swiftly and that we would have a vaccine swiftly. So we have to know that we have to judge things by the scripture. I'm going to start off first at John, St. John, chapter 16, verses 12 through 14. It says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How bid when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come, and he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show if unto you. All right. We're going to go, so looking at verse 13, it states that when the spirit of truth, the Holy, the Holy Spirit comes, it will guide you into all truth. So you have a lot of people who are quote unquote modern day so-called prophets and these super apostles who claim that they have like these prophetic gifts. Um, they claim that modern day prophecy you can hit and miss, but it's totally contrary to scriptures in which we're going to really look into the scriptures, look into what early Christians taught about New Testament prophecy or New Testament prophets. Um, I know a lot of times what people try to use the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So let's look at that. Um, we're going to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I believe it is either, I believe it's either verse 9 or verse 8. But let's go ahead and look at that because... A lot of ministries, what they try to do is, okay, the New Testament prophet is not like the Old Testament prophet. Um, they're not under the same obligation. You're allowed to miss it because you prophesy in part. But let's look at that scripture in, in context. I'm going to start at verse 7. It says, Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. This is Paul writing to the church of Corinth. Says charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail; whether there be tongues, they shall cease; whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done. Away, so we looked at verse seven through ten in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, and a lot of people what they try to do, especially here 
people that are in prophetic ministry, they say, well, for we know in part, we prophesy in part, and they try to use this scripture, um, but rather there be prophecies, they fail. What they're doing is they're taking the scriptures out of context because if you read in the context of the scripture, verse 10 brings everything together. It says, but which are, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So that is that is talking about the second coming of, of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Um, when he comes and he sets up his millennial reign, everything will be perfect. So it'll be no use of having all the di different spiritual gifts um, moving about. Right now, the spiritual gifts are needed within the body of Christ within the church because he has that he that has not come that is perfect which is talking about Jesus that's what it's talking about but when we look at the scriptures and all the scriptures don't change and when we looked at um, St. John chapter 16 verse 13 it says the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you not into some truth but for all truth so God is not a man that he shall lie and the Holy Spirit is going to guide you not into partial truth, but into all truth. I want to go over to First Thessalonians because pretty much I've come up in church in a Pentecostal, I'm going to have a Pentecostal background and I'm not a Satanist where I believe that the gifts of the Spirit have ceased. But however, we have to look at the movement of the gifts of the Spirit from the context of the Scripture and staying true to the Scripture and not having extra bi biblical revelation and other things and all where we get off center and we're not Christ-centered and we're not word center. So I'm going to go over to 1 Thessalonians, and I want to look at chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. It says, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. So here we see that Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica, he says, quench not the spirit. He says, despise not prophesying. So Paul is saying, don't despise, even in modern day church, we shouldn't despise um, prophesying. However, we do have to look from the context of testing, which First um, John chapter four, um, verse one talks about testing the spirit. So we have to test the spirits, we have to make sure these so-called people that are calling themselves a prophet are being in the prophetic office if it's lining up with the word of God. Um, I want to look at one last scripture. Let's go over to, let's go over to 1 Samuel. And we're going to look at chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse 19. 
And it says, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. So here's Samuel. He begins to see, receive the word of the Lord. And I suggest that we do have a podcast. We talk about um, the word of the Lord and Jesus being the spirit of prophecy. Whenever you have an opportunity to listen to that podcast, that will give you the context of how the spirit of prophecy really moves, especially um, with the Old Testament prophets. So here we have that Sam, none of Samuel's words fell on the ground. However, the mayhem and confusion, mass confusion that we saw that took place, the aftermath of Donald Trump not being reelected for a second term, you had all these people, quote unquote, prophets prophesying that Donald Trump would serve a second term in the White House and um, it, the country will begin to flourish and all these great things will happen. Well, you see people like Pat Robinson who prophesy that Trump will get reelected. You see Paula White, um, she had prophesied. You see the pink hair prophet lady, prophetess lady, Kat Carr, which you look at Kat Carr, Kat Carr travels, she writes all these books, um, how she makes all these journeys to heaven and she's able to um, talk to people's dead loved ones and other things, which is necromancy. Um, just a few weeks ago, she um, was talking about how she went to heaven and she had talked to Michael Jackson and um, Robin Williams, which Robin Williams um, hung himself. And Robin Williams wasn't a believer. Um, she talked to Michael Jackson and just all these other things, weird things that she's not scripturally sound and just a bunch of other things that you have to watch out when these quote unquote so-called people are calling themselves prophets or prophetess you have to really check out the fruit are they bearing the fruit because jesus said you will know them by their fruit um also to you will know them by the sound if they're Preaching and teaching sound doctrine, that's another telltale sign. But you have her, you have um, Chris Volatin, which is a resident prophet at Bethel Church there in Reading. Um, we know some of the things that have come out with Bethel Church, some of the things that they practice are within um, occult, um, occult type practices, new age type practices and all. And... Jeremiah Johnson, Hank Kuhneman, um, Tracy Cook, um, Kevin Zedity, um is another person who had prophesied about Trump. And he's another one that makes all these trips to heaven and um, all these different wild teachings. These guys been on Sid Roth. Um, you see Marcus Rogers was another one. Um, Pastor Denise Gullett, um, Greg Locke. Mark Taylor and Tabru West, which is a Nigerian pastor, had prophesied that Trump would get reelected. Well, that didn't happen. And I want to 
take you to a clip just to hear some of these prophecies that went forth and you can hear from the mouth of these so-called prophets prophesying Trump will be victorious. Honestly, without question, Trump is going to win the election. At 4.30, the Lord said to me, I am going to give your president a second win. Trump will win. He will be president of the United States. He will sit in that office for four more years, and God will have his way in this country. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Will we have eight-year presidency? Absolutely. Absolutely, we will. Uh, you're sure about that? Yeah, I'm sure about that, because I think what's going to happen is, is that when people see the good that the country's coming into right now, the prosperity, the jobs, the economy, whatever the case may be, there's going to be no doubt he's going to sail right in for the first, second term. Now, I want you to shoot this out the way I want it. Donald Trump will win the election with a slight split edge over Joe Biden. So put me, and I want you to be out before time. I saw that President Trump is, is reelected, and then I saw that then he... The uh, system, the system that was intact, that he's he's found, he's been fighting against. He is going to take things out by the root. So I'm praying for him. I hope he gets reelected. I believe that he's going to get reelected. You know, I believe that's what God showed me, and I'm standing on that. I'm not backing down from that. That he was going to do two terms. He's going to win again easily. I declare Psalm 89, verse 21: Let your hand establish President Trump, and let your arm strengthen him. I declare Psalm 98.1 that your right hand and your holy arm will give him victory. We declare victory in the name of Jesus. I hear a sound of victory. The Lord says it is done. The Lord says it is done. The Lord says it is done. For I hear victory, 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 victory in the corners of heaven. In the corners of heaven. Victory, 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 victory. I prophesied that he would uh, not be impeached and the fact that he would win another term. And I was completely wrong. I take full responsibility for being wrong. There's no excuse for it. I, I think it um, it doesn't make me a false prophet, but it does actually create a credibility gap. A lot of, a lot of people trust me, trust my ministry. And um, I wanna say that I'm very sorry for everyone who put their trust in me. Son of man, do you think that I am going to allow my prophets who prophesied Trump's second term and prophesied with all this goodness coming to this nation to be mocked by a mass media manipulation? The Lord says, no, I shall not. For my namesake, I shall protect my word. I shall protect my people. I shall protect my prophets. He wrote to his followers, quote, Either a lying spirit has filled the mouths of numerous trusted prophetic voices in America, or Donald J. Trump really has won the presidency. I hear the sound of victory. 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 So that was Jeremiah Johnson who wrote the letter that, um, what went wrong that all these false prophecies said um did a lion spirit get put in these people's mouth and that would go back to um situation and chronicles talks about it how the true prophet micaiah was in prison 
by um, by uh, King Ahab and King Hezekiah had came to um, visit, I believe it was King Hezekiah had came to visit um, Ahab and he was like, well, is there any other true prophets around because he knew something was a little bit off and it was like, well, yeah, um, it is, but he always tells us bad things and um, story goes pretty much in a nutshell. Micaiah comes up and he tells him what he wants to hear. And it was like, all right, tell us the truth. And he begins to tell him the truth. And he sees in the spirit realm that the Lord allowed a lying spirit to go throughout these lying false prophets to get in the mouth and give Ahab a false prophecy that he would win in battle, which he eventually he was um, defeated. So um, we have to really be watchful that we're definitely living in the last days. Now, I want to take a look at, um, we want to take a look at the false corona prophecies that taking place. Um, I found this, um, these YouTube clips by, I think, biblically is the ministry, and he does a pretty good job of really exposing um, Cindy Jacobs and her husband, Mike Jacobs, have prophesied that the coronavirus would um, would be done by the end of March and that it would be a vaccine and Creflo Dollar and Benny Hinn and Ken Kenneth Copeland. Um, Benny Hinn is not the first time that he's um, had false prophecies back. Um, long time ago, he had prophesied um, that in the mid 90s that the homosexual community in America would be destroyed by fire. Um, that's that's well documented. He also had prophesied that Fidel Castro um, would die in the 90s and it would be, you know, the government, um, Cuban government will be overturned and just so many other things with Benny Hinn. Um, some of the things, again, you have to watch the fruit of these individuals that they present and also um, their doctrine. Benny Hinn had um, taught um, about um, we are like little gods. And then also too, he's taught that um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are like nine gods because um, uh, each of them have a body, soul, and spirit. And just, just very much doctrinally unsound um, same Benny Hinn who practices necromancy, um, going to the graveyard, to um, the gravesite of Amy Simple McPherson um, to receive like her anointing at her gravesite and all just um, a lot of things just doctrinally just very unsound and a lover of money. What you find what links a lot of these individuals as they're primarily one of their main motivations is money. But let's go ahead and listen to these coronavirus um, false prophecies that had not come to pass. There's Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, uh, Creflo O'Dollar and others from early March when the coronavirus first began to spread in the United States and the Western world. And these clips are prayers and prophecies by these uh, prosperity TV preachers where they are praying against the coronavirus. Now, I want to make it very clear 
that there is nothing wrong with praying that God would stop the virus and there's nothing wrong with praying that people would be healed from the virus. The problem here is that these people's kinds of prayers are not prayers at all. They're actually prophecies, false prophecies. Watch these clips and you can see for yourself the false prophecies of these many prosperity TV preachers. No, Cindy, as, as we were praying about this with the prophets from around the world that we gather, we consulted with them because we know that the prophets prophesy in part or see in part and know in part. But when you gather the get together, the prophets, you get a clear word of what the prophets are saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying. So what we did was when we started hearing about a plague, a potential plague, we said, well, we need to hear what God is saying through the prophets. So we gathered the prophets on a, on a call. We had thought that we would be doing something maybe a week from today, but we were so concerned after what the prophets began to declare that we said, we cannot wait. There are times when you just can't wait and I believe that we have an opportunity together along with our God TV family from around the world, Cindy, to do like when Moses told his, his priest to take some censors and, and to stand between the people who were living and the people who were dying. And here's what he said, stay the plague. You have the authority to stay the plague. That's what we believe that we're doing globally right now with you who are joining us. We're going to stay a plague. Yeah, this is audacious faith, isn't it? Come on, everybody. This is audacious faith. I am a son of God. I speak to this virus. You stop. You cease in your maneuvers against mankind. I command you to stop in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, God's given me authority. God's given me power. Whatever I loose on earth is loose. Whatever I bind, I bind. I have a right to use his power. Now, coronavirus, you cease right now. You stop right now. I, I go against your spread right now. Now, Lord, we pray and we agree. Because you said when to agree, you'll do it. But this virus will die. It will die. We in the name of Jesus. Hold. Thank you, Jesus. Standing in the office of the prophet of God, I execute judgment on you, COVID-19. I execute judgment on you, Satan. You destroyer. You killer. You get out. You break your power. You get off this nation. I demand judgment on you. I So that last person that we heard, of course, that was um, Kenneth Copeland. So we see that the virus is still taking place. Um, people are finally now getting vac vaccinated and some other things. 
that are going on. But again, um, these people are not being inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, being inspired by another spirit. Uh, just had the NFL football draft, but even the so-called apostles and prophets try to prophesy um, teams winning the Super Bowl. Um, we can look back at the 2014 Super Bowl. Um, false apostle David Taylor had predicted that the Denver Broncos would defeat the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and he even gave the score that would, um, the final score of the game, he said that the Broncos will win 24 to 21 against the Seahawks. However, um, we know that the Seattle Seahawks defeated the Broncos 43 to eight. So the game wasn't even close. Um, quote unquote, the team that was supposed to win that um, Taylor had prophesied about got trounced. And if you know anything about David Taylor, I keep on bringing back recapping. You have to know people not by their gifts, but by the fruit. You know, it's been exposed that Taylor has had um, sexual relationships with multiple women, and he's another one that's a lover of money. Um, we can also look at other Super Bowl prophecies. Um, the 2016 Super Bowl, um, Rick Joyner gave a prophetic word that he received years ago prior from Bob Jones that the Carolina Panthers would win the Super Bowl which would be a prophetic sign showing revival would break out. Um, however, we see that the Carolina Panthers end up getting defeated by the Denver Broncos 24 to 10. So these men, quote unquote, supposed to be super apostles, super prophets, um, supposed to be one of the God's generals in um, the modern day church have done an awful job of prophesying. Well, we have to look at the scriptures. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 18, and we're going to look very familiar scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 18, and we're going to look at verses 20 through 22. Deuteronomy, and let's start at verse 20. It says, but the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou shall say in thy heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, and if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but that prophet or the prophet has spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. So a couple of things. Verse 20, but a prophet shall, which shall presume to speak in the word in my name, or the name of the Lord, says presume and presumptuous. When we look at 
pres presume or presumptuous. Um, and the Hebrew is Zod, which is insolent, proud, deal, proudly, presume, presumptuous, Zod, to boil, boil up, seethe, act proudly, act presumptuous, act rebellious, be presumptuous, be arrogant, rebelliously proud. So rebelliously proud. Um, when we look at First Samuel chapter 15, what does it say about rebellion? Let's go to that. We're going to go to First Samuel 15. So to be presumptuous is to be proud or rebellious. So when we go over to that verse, I believe it's verse... 23 says for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and uh, idolatry because thou has rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. It's talking about King Saul. So when you're, when a, when a so-called prophet is presumptuous in their prophecy, they're doing it in pride they're do doing it not in the spirit of the lord now you may ask like hey well um in time so far what about if they're speaking they're giving me a word and it's come to pass well let's go to deuteronomy chapter 13 and we're going to look at verses 1 through three. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 13. And if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and give it thee a sign or a wonder, and a sign or wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God and will all your heart and with all your soul. So if somebody comes to you and they're giving you something that comes to pass that is, even if it's accurate, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, you don't even follow it. It has to confirm the word of God. It has to confirm through the Holy Spirit. So you have to be walking in the Spirit because if you're walking in the Spirit, you won't fulfill what the lust of the flesh, you won't be given over to deception. So we're going to move on because if we look at the book of Revelation and the church at Thyatira was a troubled by a woman named Jezebel who called herself a prophetess, which we can see Revelation chapter um, 2, verse 20. says the problem at Thyatira was an unhealthy tolerance of her false prophetic activity. And Jezebel incited Christians to practice immorality. John's commendation of the others in Thyatira, who had not known the deep things of Satan, that which is in Revelation chapter 2, 
verse 24, may indicate prophetic activity whose source was satanic. So we have to be real because Satan's able and his ministers are able to transform themselves into an angel of light. So you can be sucked in by deception and think that these people are godly people, that they have the best interests of the saints when they don't. They're, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. That's why Jesus always, he warns us, and I believe it's Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, talks about you should know, you know them by the fruit, by their fruit. You have to judge the individuals. We have to become spiritual fruit inspectors. Um, one of the things that I like this quote from the late Derek Prince said in his book, Protection from Deception, page 148, he says, never underestimate Satan's ability to produce powers, to produce um, signs and wonders. Most charismatics attribute anything supernatural to God which is why I have identified the charismatic movement as a likely place for the Antichrist to emerge. So here's Derek Prince. This man was full of the Holy Spirit, uh, dynamic man of God that moved in the gifts of the Spirit and really was a very sound preacher and teacher of the word. He says, part of the reason Charismatics think anything that is um, supernatural, they attribute that to God. We see that what's going on in Bill Johnson's church there in Redding, California with Bethel, um, all the supernatural stuff and all these, um, and within the charismatic movement when um, you had the stuff that was going on up in Canada and then moved down to Brownsville, Florida, where you had these charismatics were um, having these manifestations where they were drunk in the spirit and they were barking like dogs and um, roaring like lions and all these other things. Those were, wasn't the Holy Spirit, it was more or less demonic manifestations and people were placing that um, as God. So we just have to be aware of one of the things that has pretty much shaped uh, modern day prophetic ministry is the new apostolic reformation has really shaped a lot of this foolishness and a lot of these other things. And um, they claim they have um, super apostles and um, these super prophets and they're here to govern the church and prophesy the nations and everything, but a lot of things aren't sound scripturally. It doesn't line up to what Jesus and his 12 um, disciples and apostles established and even the early church. Um, we can look at Bill Hyman's writings, Prophets and Personal Prophecy, page 125 through 126. He writes, in this case, we should say that he gave an inaccurate word of our false prophecy, but we cannot properly call him a false prophet unless we can prove 
that man himself is false, missing it a few times in prophecy does not make a false prophet. No mortal prophet is infallible and all are liable to make mistakes. So this is coming from Bill Hammond. Um, we can look at Rick Joyner, which we talked about a little bit earlier in regards to his Super Bowl um, prophecy with the Carolina Panthers winning the 2016 um, um, Super Bowl, which didn't come to pass. Um, in his Morningstar Prophetic Newsletter, Volume 3, um, number two, page two, he states this. He says, there is a prophet named Bob Jones. And I'm going to stop there because Bob Jones was part of the Kansas City prophets. Um, they revered him as, especially in the New Apostolic Reformation, as um, like the father of the prophets and, you know, such a great man of God. But this man... Um, was proven to be a sexual pervert and just a bunch of other things and all. This guy was really off the chain. But here's what Joyner said that Bob Jones had to say about prophets. He says, he told that the general level of the prophetic revelation in the church was about 65% accurate. And at this time, and some are only 10% accurate, and a very few of the most mature prophets are um, approaching 85 to 95% accuracy. He says prophecy is increasing in purity, but there is still a long way to go for those to walk in the ministry. I'm going to move on because Bob Jones had an impact on IHOP with Mike Bickle. Um, and I'm going to quote you from Mike Bickle's uh, popular book, Growing in the Prophetic, um, page 41. He says, despite their high office, prophets may still make mistakes. This, their high degree of accuracy doesn't mean that prophets are 100% infallible but their words are to be taken seriously. Unlike the Old Testament um, ground rules for prophets where 100% accuracy was required upon the penalty of death, the New Testament doesn't require the same standard of the prophets. This goes back to Mike Bickle and his relationship with Bob Jones. This Bob Jones, um, this is from Bob Jones from um, a tape back in October of 1989, a quote that he made on the title of the message was The Shepherd's Rod. And this was done in Kansas City, Missouri at the Kansas City Fellowship. He says, God said, if I release 100% Raymond right now, the accountability would be awesome and you have so much of Ananias and Sapphira's going on that the people couldn't grow and they'll be too scared. But he said, he's talking about God, which he's lying on God because this doesn't line up with God's word. But he says, if it was on target, it will kill instead of scaring the people to repentance. This is what he told me. He says, so I figured 
if I hit two thirds of it, I'm doing good. So he's saying if he hits two thirds of uh, prophesying, he was doing good. But we just read that uh, we read in um, St. John chapter 16, verse 13, that the Holy Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. So based on that, the early church, they did not hold that opinion or that belief. They believe that you should prophesy with 100% accuracy. If we look at Eusebius, um, he stated, if someone were a real prophet, their predictions should be 100% accurate because the apostles thought it was necessary that the prophetic gift should continue in all the church until the final coming. So here's the Cebus, one of the early church um, writers, Christian writers. He states that you should be a hundred, um, prophetic ministry should be a hundred percent accurate all the way up until the final, final coming of Jesus Christ, which contradicts the New Apostolic Reformation of their writings, where you look at Bill Hammond, you look at Mike Bickle, you look at all these individuals, and even going back to the New Apostolic Reformation and false prophecies, you can look at people like Bob Jones and Rick Joyner and um, Bill Johnson, so many of them, when um, Todd Bentley was holding his revival meetings down there in Lakeland, Florida, and they had prophesied he was the next best thing to slice bread. And this man was an adulterer because he was sleeping with his sex, which eventually became his second wife. He was in an adulterous relationship and he was getting all these revelations from a female angel called Emma, which was just totally doctrinally unsound and just some of the methods that he was using to heal people, kicking people, and then just a bunch of other things and all. And you can just see when watching this man move in ministry and TV, you can see the demons that were inspiring him and moving through him. So we again, we see that Asebus he has a different view than what the, these new apostolic reformation leaders per se believe that you can hit and miss and still be a prophet of God in um, this modern day age. Another writings for um, Epionis, he states in his writings in the Pranaran um, 48, any error in prophecy is indicated that a false prophet was prophesying. In Pranaran 48 and 8, Ephraim is cited that the fulfillment of Agabus' uh, prediction of famine in Acts chapter 11, verses 27 through 28, as a clear demonstration that the true uh, prophet's prophecies come true. So here's Athanas in his, in his writings in Panarin. He believed that if 
somebody prophesied something falsely that they were a false prophet. Justin Motter also um, stated in his writings in dialogue with Typho 82, he wrote, the prophetic gift of the Old Testament had been transferred to the church. And we can look at scriptures, Acts chapter 2, verses 17 through 21, and Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Now, let's look at, I, I, I love this writings from um, early Christian writings, Shepherd of the Hermes, Mandate 11, when it's talking about prophets and how to distinguish a false prophet from a true prophet of God. So we're going to go to Shepherd of the Hermes, Mandates 11, and we're going to read. I'm just about there. We're going to read. And I am just about there. He gives such a profound truth of what's a true prophet and a false. And he, he talks about a true prophet is humble. And you can see like the fruit and you can just see a bunch of other things and all that is just way different from a false prophet is they prophesy for money, just a bunch of other things and all that you can see that is just very much contrary to the word. And it's just, it just shows you how much depth that the early church had, that they really saw things differently versus Versus, you know, versus what we see in the church right now. And it's, it's, it's quite, it's just quite eye-opening just to see that most of these people, they're driven by greed, they're driven by money. Um, we can look at, I believe it's Second Peter chapter 2 talks about that. I'm here at Mandates 11, and it states, How then, sir, say I shall a man know who of them is a prophet and who is a false prophet? It says, Here saith he concerning both the prophets, and I should tell thee, so shalt thou test the prophet and the false prophet by his life and the man that have the divine spirit. It says, in the first place, he that have the divine spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, which is from above, is gentle, is tranquil, humble-minded, abstained from all wickedness, vain desires of the present world, holding himself inferior to all men, and give it no answer to any man when inquired of, nor speaketh in solitude, 
for neither doeth the Holy Spirit speak when man wisheth him to speak, but the man speaketh then when God wishes him to speak. When the man who have a divine spirit coming into the assembly of the righteous who have faith in the divine spirit and intercession is made to God by a gathering of those men, then the angel of the prophetic spirit who is attached to him filleth the man and the man being filled with the Holy Spirit speaketh to the multitude according as the Lord willeth. And this way, then the spirit of the deity shall manifest. And this then is the greatness of the power as the touching of the Holy um, the Spirit of deity of the Lord. Here now saith he concerning the earthly and the vain spirit, which have no power but foolishness. In the first place, that man who sinneth or seemeth to have a spirit exalted himself, desired to have a chief place, and straightway he is, and impudent, and shameless, and talkative, and conservative, and many luxuries, and many other deceits, and receiveth money for his prophesying, and if he receiveth not, he prophesied not. Now can the divine spirit receive money and prophesy? It is not possible for a prophet of God to do this, but the spirit of such prophets is earthly. It says in the next place, it never approached the assembly of the righteous men, but it avoided them and cleaved to the doubtful minded and empty and prophesied to them in corners and deceived them, speaking all things in emptiness and gravity and to gratify their desires, for they too are empty and who it answereth. For the empty vessel placed together with empty is not broken, but they agree one another. But when he comes into the assembly of full righteous men and have a spirit of deity or intercession is made for them. That man is empty and the earthly spirit fled from him fear and that the man is stuck dumb and is altogether broken in pieces, being unable to utter a word. So here we see mandates, Shepherd of Hermes mandates 11. It gives you the breakdown that uh, a true prophet will be humble. Um, they will wouldn't be arrogant. Um, they're not looking to um, for fame and fortune and other things and all. But the false prophet is looking to have the main seat and very talkative and won't prophesy not unless they're paid money. They're hired guns. So. We see that within the context, God's word never changes that. Yes, you do have to be 100% accurate when prophesying. And you have to ask yourself if you're giving a word, sure enough, giving a word, you better make sure that the Holy Spirit is unctioning you to prophesy. A lot of these people they go in these churches for church meetings 
and they feel like at will they can just automatically um, start prophesying, which a lot of it, what we're seeing is, is not um, the prophetic spirit. It's clairvoyance and it's divination that takes place, especially when you start moving in uh, into the regards of your primary function is to uh, manipulate people into um, giving you money and you raising a lot of money for that ministry and um, you make backroom deals with um, the pastor to split offerings or take a percentage of the offering and primarily that's the real reason why he's having you because um, it's economically beneficial for that church and I've seen this happen in ministries where you invite a quote-unquote prophet and the members know that the prophet is going to show up. Um, the church is packed because everybody is starving to hear a prophetic word instead of like really opening up their spiritual ears and giving the ear to hear what the spirit has to say and being led by the Holy Spirit. I want to go ahead and conclude this because um, we've already saw that most modern day quote unquote prophets have prophesied lies. We, we've seen that with um, Trump supposedly serving a second term in the White House. We've seen this with the coronavirus, but I want to go over to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to look at the words of Jesus. Now, I always, when I'm teaching about prophecy and false prophets and all, this just rings true because we're living in the last days. And Jesus said this at the Olivet Discourse, verse 4. It says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Verse 11 and many false prophets shall rise and deceive not a few people, not a small portion of people, but shall deceive many. So many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Look at verse 24 of Matthew chapter 24. It says, for there shall arise false Christ." and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. So these false prophets, yeah, they can work some miracles, but they're lying wonders that are leading you astray, leading you over which second Thessalonians chapter two, um, how people don't love the truth, you'll be given over to ultimately the Antichrist, the son of perdition and his false prophet um, because you love not the truth. So pretty much in a nutshell, these quote unquote prophets, you do best looking for people that are committed to sound doctrine don't follow these people because they have a proven track record, uh, false prophecies, 
and um, false doctrine and just other things and all that just don't line up. This is the End Time Show for our End Time Bible Prophecy Podcast, and God bless.